Hi guys, welcome to Something Private, a podcast about everything related to the vagina, from sex to health and the society. My name is Nicole and I'm your producer and your host. So a month ago, I moderated a panel on campus sexual harassment at The Moon. It was a small, cosy get-together organised by four young women, Heather, Yunrong, Denelia and Dawn, as part of their final year project. On Tuesday, we released the first part of our conversation with the girls, where they shared about the ways we can protect ourselves from harassment. In this second part, things get a little more intimate. The girls open up about their own encounters with sexual harassment, which was each of their biggest motivators for leading this fight against sexual harassment. So there was this episode on sex education, which is a series on sex education on Netflix. And in this one particular episode, all the girls from the series were all put in detention for doing something wrong. So the teacher said that she'd let them go on the one condition that they could sit together and find one thing they all had in common. Spoiler alert, in the end they all realise that the one thing that unifies them all is the fact that they have all been sexually harassed. Don't get me wrong, I think that it's it's a brilliant and amazing thing for us women to stand in solidarity, for us to all come together to stand up against sexual harassment. But I just find it a bit sad sometimes that this is the only thing that unifies us or, you know, it's like, you, you meet another woman on the street and you know that she's definitely gone through some kind of harassment herself. I think that is really, really telling of society and just a really sad fact that I think should not be our unifying factor anymore. So yeah, I think having conversations like these are the first steps to making sure that such things don't happen um, in future. But at this point of time, I think the hard thing still has to be done and that is to keep talking about it and you know to slowly educate girls and boys on what sexual harassment is so yeah anyway on to the episode hi i'm heather i'm yunrong i'm Danelia. and i'm dawn i remember back when i was still in um poly it was like after i think orientation camp or something i was going to school basically and um on the train i suddenly felt like this weird tingly sensation on my butt so um and then I tried to tell myself like, oh, it's probably someone's back. But then it slowly started like creeping higher and higher and like got really uncomfortable. But um, at that time, um, because, you know, you're brought up in an environment where your parents say like, don't wear so short, you know, um, be wary of what you wear because you're like inviting people to like touch you or like you need to respect yourself basically while all this was happening i was like oh shit is it because i'm wearing my fbt pants uh is it because my legs are exposed i remember it was like two to three minutes that train ride and i was just like my heart was racing i was so scared i was wondering because this is the very first time this has ever happened to me so i was like wondering what i should do and during these two to three minutes i did not master the courage to like turn around and say like hey can you stop it or like even text my friends or anything i just stood there like in fear thinking about like how i wish that the that my stop has arrived how i could get out of the situation except so i went to school and then i remember i was with my my OG friends, my orientation group friends, I just like mentioned uh, like, you know, just now something happened to me on the train and I'm not sure whether, you know, I should do anything about it. I still remember very clearly one of my guy group mates said like, what were you wearing? Then I was like, um, FBT. And then he was like, um, see lah, wear FBT some more. Yeah, this is why it happened to you. Then I was like, 
So at that time I didn't register I just like took it like Yeah okay So from then on I stopped wearing FPTs Like ever Again yeah So that was just the start Of everything Right So after that There were an- other cases It happened I was molested on a train Yet again another time In a separate incident Where I was fully clothed I was I remember I was still wearing a second layer of clothing and yet this happened to me. So there's nothing this is nothing to do with like clothing or anything. When it happened during exchange while I was also in a university canvas situation, not just once, but the first time it happened was um while I was walking from my school to the gym. You know, happily walking, the sun was shining, everything was beautiful. I remember the chill breeze on my face. Yeah, okay, and then like, I was, basically I was insta-storing the experience, I was like, yay, I'm going to the gym, I was in a good mood, it was a very nice day, it was a beautiful day, so I was like walking, and then I was like videoing myself, like, yay, going to the gym, woohoo, and then um, I just posted it without thinking too much, Um, at the time my account was public, so I posted like, where it was lah, you know, um, it was like near Tesco, after I got back, after I think one to two days, I was in school, like the cafeteria area. And then I was like waiting for my food to come. Suddenly I turned around and then there's this man standing beside me. And then he looked at me and he was like, hey, um, and then he showed me a picture of me. Like, hey, this is you, right? And then I was like, uh, yeah. And then he was like, and then he was trying to like continue talking. And I just got a very weird vibe from him. Yeah, because I know that I post a lot of Insta yeah. stories So like It's not Shocking That he knows Where I am lah But anyway So Luckily my friend Came back from the toilet And she was like Looking and she was like Like giving me A weird face Like why is this man Talking to you And like Do you even know him Why is he here <laughs> And then uh, Luckily he like Got the message And like left And then my friend Was like Dude This is not Normal like, why would a person, like, come out and, like, find you in person and stuff like that? Another campus incident that happened, this was with a friend. So this is where, like, the social ties come in and stuff like that. Uh, we were very good friends and, like, we were close but not to the point where we were, like, romantic or anything. It was a very vague thing and I'm sure that a lot of people can relate to that. Where, you know, you are friends with a person, right, and you are very close. But at the same time, right, you don't want to form any, like, romantic relations with the person. Uh, at that time, uh, we were hanging out a lot. Uh, basically, one of the insta- instances that happened was I was over at his place. Like, we were just chilling, you know. We were, like, just watching, like, a film, like, some Netflix show, you know. Like, something very lighthearted. And one day, he just decided to, like, put his um his head on my, like, chest, on my boobs area, basically. And then I was like, um, you are on my chest. You are on my... You know, yeah. you're touching my boobs area right and then I was like like why are you doing that and then and then he was like huh like this is your boobs man I cannot feel anything uh, you don't have lah something like that and I was like okay maybe he's maybe he's joking right like I was like okay fine like like whatever because at that time I was still like okay you know like we are good friends you know like we have this like friendship going on like let's not ruin it right yeah. so I, I thought it was slight but no it happened a few times after that again there was another time where I was like standing there like preparing some food to bring or something like that and then like he just came over and he like just tapped my butt a little bit like like tap like that and then I was like 
this is weird but I like didn't say anything like totally didn't say anything so I just continued my life and then when I say something about like um, like it's weird like why are you doing it and then he will, he will brush it off and say like ah you don't have boobs or like oh you don't have a butt that kind of thing like to like to like attack my insecurity so that I won't think about yeah. the uncomfortable yeah. feeling that he is imposing on me mm-hmm. right after that I told another exchange friend then my friend was like dude he molests you you know mm-hmm. now at the time I was like what like are you it's sure severe, right? like, molest. yeah like I didn't really like want to acknowledge that it was more or less. I just mm. thought like, oh, maybe he very touchy. Mm. And then they were like, no sis, like he doesn't touch any of us if you realize. Yeah, he's purposely doing it. And I was like, shit. I have an experience with campus sexual harassment. And before I start, maybe what I want to say is that um, recently I spoke to the other party who was involved, so like the guy who did things to me. And the reason why I spoke to him is is actually because of this project. La. Like just in working through this project, I've realized that all I want to do every time I, I speak about the, this issue and all I want to do every time I share is um, I want to educate people. And it, it I, I don't think this is applicable to everyone, but to me, I always told myself if I want to educate people, um, the person who stands the most from education is the person who did this wrong to me. So like I went to have a chat with him and actually when I had a chat with him, one of the things I said to him was, I was like, you know, I always say this thing which is, um, I think bad, good people do bad things if they don't know that they are bad. That's why it's important to keep talking about it and explaining why boundaries exist, why like, you know, there are discomforts and like why there are things that you can and cannot do. I said to him, thank you for proving me right la, all along. Basically, the conclusion of our conversation was that he didn't deny any of his actions at all. And he said to me, like, I'm so sorry. Like, he explained to me how that, how the way I felt wasn't his intention. Like, he never intended to put me in that sort of position. But he took full ownership uh, of the fact that, you know, he did put me in this kind of position. And when I told him, I was like, you know, this is a story that I've never shared publicly, but I want to, like, would you be comfortable with that? And actually, he he said to me, he was like, I think that you should share it as authentically as you experienced it, because that is the best way to help other people learn from your experiences. Yeah, so that is that is what I want to say before I start um, my story. And then now I'm going to share my story the way I experienced it, um, which is a huge deciding factor in why I decided to tackle this issue of campus sexual harassment. So for me, I was in first year. So I entered hall. It was like the first time away from home, you know, I went for like camp. Um, and during camp, I got close to like um, a senior in camp and he had, he had already been staying in hall, so he had like good friends and everything. And we got closer and closer, and we started, we started chatting ah. And then a few weeks in, he was like, "Hey, you know, um, I like you." And at that time, I think that was like the first time a boy confessed to me. So I didn't really know what to do. Like I didn't like him back, but I was like, you know, I'm, I'm like, let me like figure it out, you know. But in the space in between me figuring it out, he basically got. Um, jealous and possessive um, for example if he saw me having like lunch with other friends and stuff he'll text me and he'll be like hey how come you have so much time to like hang out with this person but you can't like you can't spare time for me or like um, there was a period of time where he he 
came up to me and then he'll tell me stuff like a like you know you're like not pretty or like you're not good or like you're not whatever and um he also told me that he had told some like other people in hall like shit about me and then like yeah he came to tell me like he was like hey you know now people in hall like think this thing about you because i told them this thing about you so i think it was just an accumulation of um me feeling like he was Okay, I wasn't aware of it then, but I felt like he was very emotionally manipulative and I felt cornered, um, trapped and like very vulnerable. And because he had so many friends in hall and I didn't really know if people would like believe me. And more than that, I think I didn't want people to like think, get the wrong idea. You know, I didn't want people to like think badly of him. So I was like, okay, okay, I, I won't tell people. It's okay. This is just me. Like, this is just like my issue. Lah. It's my problem. Like why like I'm not being a good enough friend. I'm not giving him enough. That's why like, these things are happening and um I guess the culmination of it was when he put his hands on me so this is important to me like my physical boundaries are very important to me because um I've never really felt comfortable around guys and it's because uh, before I entered um uni there were three very important women in my life who should have been loved and respected and protected by the men in their life but they weren't lah they were hurt like physically emotionally sexually and so I just kind of like had a distrust towards men and um, this senior he knew it and so when I say like he put his hands on me right he didn't like like it's not like Yun Rong's story like he didn't put his hand on like my butt he didn't put his hand on like my thigh but like he sometimes he put his hand on like my waist or on like the small of my back or he would like tickle me and um Actually, we, we had a conversation, in our recent conversation, he told me that um, he was very sorry that he did those things and that he had just come out of, like, a long-term relationship and he was, like, um, like the way he... Like, he put his hands on the small of my back, like, when he's guiding me because that's what he used to do with his, like, uh, ex-girlfriend and stuff. And so, as in now, I see it, but, you know, at that moment, it was, like, crazy. I felt, like, so insanely uncomfortable and the worst part is that, like, I let him do it because I felt like I owed him something because I, I thought that he knew what he was putting me through and that he chose to do it. And um, it just... It was terrible. <laughs> um, and... I think in sharing this story, what I want to say very importantly is that there's no such thing as, like, just because you think it's not a severe issue, just because you think it's not a big deal, doesn't mean that you can't speak up about it. Like, everyone has the right to feel comfortable in their environment. Everyone has the right to to have their body belong to them and, like, themselves only. And, and you know, I... I will say that, you know, one of the reasons why I was so focused on, like, teaching girls how to respond to harassment, and a big part of it is, like, how to establish your own boundaries, how to decide what you're comfortable about beforehand and speaking out about it. It's because I said to him, I was like, you know, when I met him recently, I said to him, I think that if I had thought about it earlier, if I had established it, if I had felt brave and confident enough to voice it, and I had known that it was okay for me to do that, then maybe neither of us would have been sitting there, like, facing each other on that day, lah. Yeah. And instead of viewing it as, like, a victim blaming, like, I just think that it's true for me because, like, um, my boundaries are, like, they're a bit, like, higher, right? I'm a bit uncomfortable, and so I, I should have, you know, mm-hmm. um, spoken up, like, for myself, yeah. To me, that that is really important, and I just want to encourage anybody who's listening, um, tell your friends, man, like, it's important. Everybody should respect, like, the boundaries that you set for yourself. I mean, it's crazy. I've even 
had experiences where I told someone like you know like I'm not comfortable with you putting your hands on me and they told me like oh but like this should be normal because like we're friends so like this much is normal and honestly on hindsight I'm like that's insane like why did I let somebody speak to me that way because if we are friends then what should be normal is that you should respect my boundaries that you should respect my experiences um, there's one more thing I want to share. Recently, like September last year, this didn't happen on campus, but like I was stopped um, by like a stranger. Like he knocked into me, he like threatened me, and then he like took a picture of me. And then like um, I was like walking to the MRT station, and then I went to report it at like the MRT to the MRT station staff, and I was just like. It was, I was just like crying la, and I just couldn't really like hold it together and then later on I went to make a police report and after I made the police report I shared on social media about um, the whole experience and it, it shocked me like more than a hundred girls wrote in sharing with me about their own experiences with sexual harassment, their own experiences with, with all these things that are like so minor, like you know just people staring at you but when some guy like looks at you in the MRT and like throws your body up and down with his eyes right you can feel so thoroughly violated and um when I was at the police station um I was just crying and the policeman he looked at me and he didn't understand and he said to me why are you so emotional and I think after that when I went away to think about it honestly speaking why I'm so emotional is because it's not just one incident right like you were mentioning earlier like it's just an accumulation of so many um, things in our life adding up trauma it stays it's something that stays in the body so even if at the moment it happens to you right you don't recognize that it's something that you're uncomfortable with or you you rationalize it away which we often do um maybe later on when something happens it will trigger like such a strong reaction in you and you will be like oh you know i don't understand like why am i crying like i felt on that night I felt like I wasn't crying I just felt like my body was crying you know I felt like okay my brain was like oh my god calm down but my body just like I was crying for like two hours yeah I was crying and shaking for two hours yeah um which is why it's important to talk about it process your feelings yes okay yeah so I want to read um part of of the things that I posted on Instagram was that I wrote a response to to the policeman um so I wrote, he said, why are you so emotional? And then my response was this, I wrote, do I owe it to you to explain fear? Do I owe it to you to explain vulnerability? Do I owe it to you to explain past trauma, to explain that my body still remembers what it means to be afraid of something and of someone? That I know what it means to always be on guard, to avoid places, to desperately do anything so that I can feel safe? That this is forever the world that I live in? You just don't understand. You don't understand why I don't use my phone on the way home at night. You don't understand why I cross to the other side of the void deck if there are men at the benches. You don't understand why when I approach a group of boys, I tense up, fix my gaze straight and walk staunchly ahead. You don't understand why when stranger put his arm around me in a club, I only smiled as I gently removed it. You don't understand why when friend put his hand on the small of my back, I let him leave it there. You don't understand my experience, you don't understand my fear, you don't understand that we live in the same country but not in the same world, and I can never expect you to understand, but I can try to tell you why. And I think to me that is why I'm speaking about it. You know, when I speak to women about it, it's because I want them to to realize that their experiences are valid and that is something that that they can share something that they can recognize and when I speak um, to my guy friends about that I just want them to know you know that um, this is what it feels like to be in this situation and and good people do bad things so watch out you know be be aware of like what you're doing and how your behavior can affect other people yeah then don't That's cry right. <laughs> I really went down 
I was very uncomfortable when they made me do that stupid SP thing and I sit there and then the guys need to figure out which girl which girl is their secret partner and then mm. are punished when they get the wrong answer and the form of punishment is to do something sexual I still remember like one of they had to like reenact like porn scenes you know like one of the guys would be like the the girl and then he's in like the doggy position and then the other guy is like the guy and he would like pretend, pretend fuck her that kind and then I'm like everybody like all the seniors were laughing and I was just sitting there like I don't understand. Am I supposed to laugh? Am I, am I a spoiled spot from not laughing? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think when you're put in that position, right, it's like the collective energy and like the collectivism that comes around in like not just universities but as Singapore as a whole, right? But specifically in a university environment when you're just thrown into there, you want to make new friends. You want to be able to fit in you want people to like like you and you know to you know you want someone to have lunch with basically yeah and then so like when these things happen you close one eye right Mm. or maybe both eyes even (laughs) and your ears Mm. (laughs) because you you don't want people to be like hey why you why are you such a prude? Why you never like, laugh? Yeah. Then when you call them out, they will be like, "Hey, don't so serious, lah." Yeah. You know, and I'm sharing this because, like, um, not just for uh camps. You know, even CCAs, right? Like people who make jokes, sexual jokes about like, oh, like, hey, you know, like she very hot, like she can't, you have a lot of boyfriend, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or like not just that about like body parts or so, like, and then people laugh about it. You know, it's because of this kind of thing, and you like you want to maintain that harmony mm-hmm. with your friends and everything. And even in classroom situations, because we did interview other people as well, and uh, some people actually face this in uh classes. Basically, they didn't want to call them out because like they want to maintain the harmony of the class as well, and they don't want to interrupt the session. Mm-hmm. So then they like brush it off and not try to make a scene because they don't want to attract the attention of classmates and even the professor as well. And I think that there's also a lack of education when it comes to like sex at a young age for Asian families and, and Asian children. And as we were speaking to Melvina from Home Yoga last night, she was talking about how she raises her sons using the, the actual like anatomical names like penis and uh, buttocks and anus. Sometimes it's so suppressed that when you enter university that we have to have these games and like jokes that are so deliberately orchestrated to make a joke out of something that is so normal that such as like this, like sexual desires yeah. and like mm-hmm. something that should be so natural. Like why do we have to laugh about it? Yeah. Is it because you have not had enough experience to know, you know, that it's it should just come naturally. Yeah. Such a low level of humor, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, actually, okay, this is like not off topic a bit, but uh, I was like watching some TED, uh, TED, uh, not TED, sorry, on Netflix, right? There was like a comedy series. I can't remember which one, but basically, this person was addressing that, like, why are we still laughing at these kind of jokes? Yeah. Like racist jokes, sexist mm. jokes, sexual jokes. Mm, yeah. Why are we? Why are comedians and people still? Finding this funny, mm. you know, it's the most common denominator, law. You capture Correct. everybody in the pool, ma. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah. Yeah, sorry. um, tell me a bit about like from here on, right? What are your hopes for like the future, or like what are your next steps to? All of us, kind of know that we are not just going to like let it die. We hope that we can do something more of it in the future. Like personally, I would say that. I'm thinking like a good target audience, like a new target audience could be graduated JC students because now we are targeting female undergraduates. But actually these people who are entering universities, right, tend to 
gain like the most because when we talk to survivors a lot of the times the stories come from like year one year two so it's better to like let them know beforehand mm-hmm. so even before they enter university they can like understand that this is harassment this is what I can expect and this is how I can prepare myself to respond to such like harassment situations yeah, yeah and I think that that um, we will be prepared for that because like now that we have ha- we have all the resources and the compilations of you know workshops and uh, you know like information that we already have I think it would really benefit the younger audience after they graduate it's like hey you know like we are girl talk and you know we have all these things you can prepare yourself with all of this that is in place for you already yeah and we're also definitely looking at continuity even if like not as girl talk right we've been in conversations with like uh, the NTU student union work empowerment group with um, safer NUS um, over at the NUS campus also with uh, Kingfisher's cons- for consent with uh, at Yale NUS and you know we're just in conversations with all these student groups about how we can help each other how our resources can be shared and how like our message can make a difference to each community uh, to all these different students even in different schools on top of this we really do hope that our efforts trickle into hopefully institutional change maybe even the law I know I know that this sound like this sounds really like oh it's so hard to get you know it's like big dreams but we really do hope that uh, you know eventually Singapore as a society will change also for um, the VR tech that we uh, designed we really hope that you know what we did was just a pilot but we really hope that this can actually spark conversations with like not just universities but also like primary schools secondary schools junior colleges polytechnics because we feel like with new technology right um we can actually sort of you know improve the educational system wait we can improve the education when it comes to sexual education when it comes to consent when it comes to identifying what is sexual harassment in the first place so we really hope that maybe this can spark some conversation with like um the educational systems in singapore maybe not this year maybe not next year but maybe in the near future for me before i came on board with like girl talk right i never thought that i would dare to do this from like a so, so now Girl Talk, we are like a group, right? So like an organisation. So I never thought that I would be brave enough or that I would dare to speak about it from an organisation perspective. But what I I personally always do is that like whenever I'm made to feel uh, as if I'm uncomfortable because I'm a female, like because I'm sitting next to this guy and he's like not minding his personal space and he's like, I'm sorry, my way or because there's a guy like eyeing me or because like somebody comes to like talk to me in the middle of the night or like like walks with me and then like some stranger, right? So whenever these things happen to me, I feel so angry like because I'm like, you know, I've been made to feel this way because like I'm female, I've been made to, to recognize the fact that I am vulnerable and that I feel unsafe. What I always do in these situations is that I will go and talk to my male friends about it lah. like I will tell them I will be like hey you know like this thing just happened to me and you know you will be like shocked like so many girls right we are like oh yeah you know we just uh, don't use our phones to be to, to like you know to be careful but to like guys right they'll be like huh you mean you do that in Singapore and like you know my most like lovely like woke like guy friends who like listen to me every single time every time I, I tell them something they are, they are surprised again every time I'm like um, I'm like hey you know somebody is was like staring at me they'll be like Huh? You mean it's a problem that people are staring at you? And so I think from from my perspective, right, I feel like it, it takes like a lot out of me every single time to explain again and again like why it's uh traumatizing, why it's difficult, why it's tiring. But for me, I've always taken the perspective on education, especially when I'm talking to guy friends, right, that 
it's not their fault that they're ignorant. So if, if I tell them, and then after that, they're like, oh, no, la, it's not like whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah, then, then they're dicks and they're not my friends. But, <laughs> but if I tell them and they are just surprised and they don't know, even though it takes a little bit out of me every time, I feel like I'm willing to do that because to me, this is like an, something I experience as a woman, right? They are not women. They don't experience yeah. it. So to me, I see it as like my duty to like speak up about it, to share about it. So I guess that's what gives me the encouragement to like keep going on. It is tiring. You do wear yourself out. But I think, yeah, the idealistic hope is that the more you speak about it, the more people are aware. And it makes a difference not like just here, not just now, right? Not just to your atanakao in like CBD, but it's going to be what we teach our kids, right? It's going to be what we, we tell like our friends. It's going to be um, the difference we're going to make to our generation and our generations from here on out. And so that gives me some hope. Yeah, I feel yeah. that like as I grew older, I was made very acutely aware of the fact that I am a woman. And if you ask me like, oh, if you have a child, would you want like a boy or a girl? <laughs> it's quite like, because silly, but I would say that yeah, I'd rather have a son simply because I know how tiring it is to like be a woman in society, and I just feel that yeah, like what Heather says, like these kind of things motivate you to like continue every day because you hope that in the future, like another girl wouldn't have to grow up and be so aware of the fact that of her own gender. Thanks for tuning in to Something Private. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Do pay Girl Talk SG a visit on Instagram and on their website. They do provide very useful tips on how to protect yourself. And it's things you never thought you should know, but turns out it's actually really useful information. They're doing a really good job and honestly really, really great things. So show them some love and support. Otherwise, I'll see you guys on Monday for a new episode. Bye! Thank you! Bye! <laughs> Tune in next time for more <laughs> juicy yeah, gossip! We, we love something private! We love something private! We love something we love private! Yay! Yeah. We love Koi <laughs>